This is our first session on Colossians 3, 18 to 21. I'm going to include uh, verses 22 and chapter 4, verse 1, just to give an overview to start with, but we'll focus for a couple of sessions on just 18 to 21. Paul begins a section in which he addresses the members of the typical household. Wives, be subject to your husbands, or submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly lords, fearing the Lord, the Lord. Lords, and I know it's usually translated masters, but it's the same word as the word for the Lord Jesus. And so I think we should hear that stark contrast. Lords, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you have a Lord in heaven. Father, I pray that you would show us why. Paul feels your burden to address, even briefly like this, each of the members of the Christian household. What's the point of this? What is he getting at? What's he moved by? And I pray that we would rightly prioritize in our own living the importance of these roles and that we let nothing stand in the way of doing family living as a family in a biblical way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think the reason that Paul launches into a section where he says there's a way for wives and husbands and and children and fathers and slaves and lords to live in this fallen age is because He has said, for example, back in chapter 1, that becoming a Christian is a very radical and dramatic thing that might lead some people to think, well, all the earthly structures then don't count anymore because we're in a new realm as Christians. He said here in verse 13 of chapter 1, He, God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So there's been this massive reality change. We are transferred out of the kingdom of this world, in some significant sense, into the kingdom of Christ, the beloved Son of God. There's been a citizenship transfer, so that Paul says in Philippians 3, Our citizenship is in heaven. It's in the kingdom of Christ. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to even to subject all things to himself. So he's transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved Son. It is a new citizenship. Whatever country we happen to live in on earth is not our true, deepest, identifying 
citizenship. Christ is. Earthly leaders are not our decisive leaders. The Lord, Jesus Christ, is our decisive president or premier or prime minister. And then he describes this in very radical ways. You have been raised with Christ. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Don't seek things on the earth. Now, they might think, well, don't think wife things and husband things and children things and master things and slave things. You're delivered from all of that. That's what might be the problem. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, that's where we are. We're with Christ. Set your minds on things that are above, not on mere family things, someone might suppose. Not on things that are on the earth, like being a wife, being a father or a husband. You have died. That's radical. You've been raised. You've died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. You don't need to have anything to do with earthly structures like family. Maybe. When Christ, who is, at your, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him. Your, your true reality is hidden with Christ in God. Nobody knows who you really are. You don't need to act like an ordinary human being in your family relations. You're going to appear with Christ in glory. And then you add this. Here's Matthew 22. Jesus says, in the resurrection, and remember, we've already been put there. In one decisive sense, we've been raised with Christ. In the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. So we're already told that this kingdom that we're transferred into doesn't have marriage in it. In the end, at the resurrection, when the kingdom comes to its full consummation, there's going to be no husbands and wives. There's going to be no procreation of children. There's going to be no rearing of children. Therefore, What are we to make of life on this earth with all of its ordinary earthly structures? And he begins, we've just spent quite a bit of time on Colossians 3, 12 to 17. He says, it's dominated by your new reality in relationship to Christ. You are God's chosen ones. You are wholly set apart for God. You are loved. In your community, the peace of Christ is going to rule. In your community, the word of Christ is going to hold sway and dwell richly. In your relationships, whatever you do, you're doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the peace of Christ, the word of Christ, the name of Christ, all of it dominates and shapes your life in this new kingdom. So it is not difficult to imagine that for those who are hearing this and all these radical, amazing statements for the first time would conclude, well, what are we supposed to think about family or about government or about education or about business? Are we supposed to live in this world at all? And so Paul begins, Colossians 3.18, and in Colossians, as over against, say, Ephesians, he gives very brief statements. Wives, 
submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Children, obey your parents. Fathers, don't provoke your children. Slaves, obey earthly lords. Lords, treat your slaves fairly. In other words, Paul pulls people down, puts their feet on the earth in families, and calls them to experience this new reality of the kingdom without going all the way to the place where there's no marriage or giving in marriage. That's coming at the resurrection. The kingdom will be manifest fully in that sense at the resurrection, where our immortality, never dying, will do away with the need for more and more children to be born. So marriage goes away in its ordinary sense in the kingdom. But for now, that is not the conclusion to be drawn from the fact that we are transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into his beloved son's kingdom. Rather, we are to listen carefully, which is what we'll do now in the next few sessions. We are to listen carefully as wives and husbands and children and fathers and slaves and lords. We're to listen carefully. And we'll deal with this whole issue of slavery when we get there. That's in a category that's very different than husbands and wives and children. But here it is, and we'll deal with it when we get there.